I think this is a classic Ravens adjustment where you go from Brockers and then you adjust and all of a sudden you get Derek Wolf and then you look at the stats and you're like, wait, Derek Wolf? Is he better than Michael Brockers? Wait a second. Which one? Did we just upgrade? Yeah, which one was the first option here? My question is not football related, but I want to get your take on it. What would you think of Ravens fans being called the murderer instead? Like a murder of crows. I mean, I I like it on the surface. I just, oh, I don't know if we want to be called murderers. Next when time. we get back to the building and the peanut butters are lock and key, we're going to know that you <laughs> are the reason for that. They're probably listening to this podcast and say, you know what? No more free peanut butter. No matter what. Whenever <laughs> we get back in the building, the free peanut butter days are gone. Thanks a lot. Welcome into the lounge, week three, and it's it's turned into Groundhog Day here, Garrett. Uh, but we're still rocking and rolling, and we're going to produce a daily pod as long as it makes sense to do so. There's still a lot of news going on, so it makes yep. sense right now. Yep. You know, but it might not stay that way forever here, people. The, the, the strain is <laughs> going to slow down eventually. All right, but we're but we're rolling this week. Yeah, I mean, just as a backstory, when we decided to take the lounge from a weekly podcast to a daily podcast, our expectation or thought at that time was that it was going to be for a couple of weeks. Um, obviously, situation around the country has uh, changed in that time, and it's we're not going to be going back into the office anytime soon, um, and neither neither is anybody else. And so uh, we're going to continue doing it daily as long as we can. There's also been a lot, obviously, that's happened in free agency. We have some more guests that we're working on getting on the podcast, which I think uh, fans will be interested in hearing from, from kind of covering the team from a bunch of different angles. So, um, so we, and then we also, as we've talked about before, we want this to be a forum and a release and a distraction for everybody at home and, and to really rely on this community um, by emailing us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And another thing we'll do today is read uh, and play some of the emails, questions uh, that we got over the past couple of weeks, over the past week and weekend. So um, lots to discuss today. We got one of my favorite questions of all time, which I can't wait to get to. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. literally, literally laughed out loud. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so so the, big, the big news, obviously, from the weekend is the reported, and for now we're still doing reported. We all know how this works, right? Did we not learn from the Michael Brockers? All right. Right. It's a reported one-year deal with defensive end Derek Wolf, uh, which I don't know why the hell we didn't name him the last time we talked about potential replacements for Brockers when we said, you know, who well, who could they bring in? Because uh, Derek Wolf has been kind of – the Ravens have been discussed among the teams that would be interested in him for a long time. Yeah. He makes a sense on a lot of different levels. I honestly – just thought he was probably gone. I didn't realize he was still sitting out there on the market, uh, which has been a very weird market. Uh, It's been slower and less expensive than I think people anticipated in part, maybe because of COVID. Um, But, but anyway, Derek Wolf still sitting there, a player who had seven sacks, a career high seven sacks last year in just 12 games. And the Ravens pluck him at what's reported to be a $3 million base with $3 million uh, in incentives deal for one year. So I, I, it makes a lot of sense. I love, I love the deal. I've always thought Derek Wolf just seemed like a Raven. He played like a Raven. He's just a physical, no nonsense. 
kind of guy. Uh, and, and he's a good fit for this system. Yeah. I, you know, I, we talked on the last podcast about how DaCosta will pivot and he'll have a plan. And I think this is a classic Ravens adjustment where you go from, from Brockers and then you adjust and all of a sudden you get Derek Wolf. And then you look at the stats and you're like, wait, Derek Wolf, is he better than Michael Brockers? Is that right? (laughs) You know, like exactly. I did the same thing. I was like, wait a second, which one, which which one was the first option here? And 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 then I thought late for work was was interesting today where it went back and pulled up some quotes from Von Miller where he talked about how Derek Wolf has been instrumental in his success over the course of his career and that, you know, Von Miller probably has 10 sacks that should have belonged to Derek Wolf. And he gave him a ton of props for his success. So I think that bodes well for somebody like Matthew Judon or a young player like Jalen Ferguson. And, like, I just – I think it's a great move. I think it is a classic Ravens move once again. Um, I think it's going to be once Brockers, once that deal fell through, that became an area of need where you wanted to address it. You didn't necessarily just want to go into the draft and say, all right, we'll just take care of it here. This is like, it fills the need. So as we've talked about many times, you don't have to go into the draft saying, all right, man, we need to take a defensive lineman early because that's a hole that needs to get filled. And we spent so much time on Friday talking about the potential of, of Clowney because that's the big name. You know, that's the big name that's mm-hmm. still up there on the market. But in terms of position and need, uh, after the Brockers deal fell through, Derek Wolf was the guy that would fit that. I mean, Clowney's a different type of player um, and also the cost, obviously there. So, so I just think you, you got to feel really good about it. You know, I don't know. What do you think is a realistic expectation in terms of production for him next year? He had seven sacks in 12 games last year, but I I mean, that's a lot. I I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be that high. I think it maybe be more in line with what he's done over the course of his career, which is more in that five to six range. But well, well, he talked about last year that, under Vic Fangio, and it was his first year in that defense, he talked about how much he loved it. And he said Vic actually was kind of setting him up at times to get some sacks, not just using him as the uh, the lure to set up Von Miller and, uh, you know, the guy that's doing just the dirty work. So I think he's certainly capable of doing it. Uh, Wink Martindale is going to scheme some stuff up for him, I think, is very creative, and he's going to have schemed stuff up for everybody. Uh, but I think Derek Wolf's going to be given his chances. And when you look at the other pieces around him, too, I mean, yes, he had one of the best in the business in Von Miller. But now, are opponents going to be able to to double team Derek Wolf when you have Clay Campbell Campbell on the other side of that, or you know, you have Brandon Williams pushing the pocket up the middle? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Judon on the outside. I think Wolf is going to be set up. Uh, in this defense, he'll still do a lot of dirty work, obviously, because he's a guy who relishes doing that and he does it well. But I think that it's not unrealistic to say that he could get seven sacks again, mm-hmm. especially if he played a full season. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't see any reason why not to. Why not? I think the thing is, is he going to stay healthy long enough? I mean, that's been a concern of his over his career. He's coming off an elbow injury. That's a freakish injury, but you know, he's, he's been banged up, played 16 games three times in eight years. So if he can play 16 games, yeah, I think he could get to seven sacks or maybe even more. And I like with this reported move that the Ravens have addressed and the Calais Campbell move that's done is that interior pass rush is something that we've talked about a lot over the past few years. Campbell will provide that and Derek Wolf will provide that in a way that you just don't have to rely on either blitzing 
or on Matthew Judon to go get double digit sacks. Like now yeah. you have, it, it can come from multiple ways. And I think about a defensive package, you know, a third down package on third and 10, you know, I love the pass rusher package where you got Brandon Williams and they're just gobbling up guys in the middle, but then you got Campbell and Wolf on each side and then Judon coming off the edge. And then Jalen Ferguson in year two, maybe on the other side, like that to me is a pretty good pass rushing package. And we've all talked about adding pass rushers. So they're going to probably do that at some point in the draft. But, but even as it stands right now, I feel like the pass rush has taken a step forward with the Campbell move and the reported Derek Wolf move that you should feel really good about the pass rushing element moving forward in this defense. Yeah. I mean, I think that Wolf provides more there than Brockers would have certainly i mean brockers had i think 23 sacks in eight years wolf 33 so certainly he helps in that area he's not as big as brockers um i'm not sure that he's going to be quite as good a run stopper as brockers might have been um but he's been very good at stopping the run over his career uh you know he just he kind of reminds me of Jarrett johnson in a way just this guy who extremely physical is looking to punch you in the mouth every single play. I mean, I, I'm sitting here trying to find it, but Derek Wolf had this fantastic quote that was like, every time I go on the field, I want to rip an offensive lineman's <laughs> head off. He was like, I don't do it. I don't do it because I know who to draw a penalty. It would be better for the team. But I literally want to rip their head off. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy, this guy is scary. He is <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, and he's, what, 6'5"? So, physically – and mentally scary yeah uh so yeah i I think that uh it just makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels now the issue is the ravens now have a an aging defensive line and you have wolf on a one-year deal clays campbell on a two-year you know i don't think that that means that precludes them from drafting somebody on the defensive line still even if it were to be in the first four rounds i think because you have these guys on short contracts and they're veterans if you had stayed with Brockers for three years, it would have been a little bit of a different story. Yeah. I mean, I think it puts you in a bit of a more of a bind, I guess, going into next year. And then as you think about the draft, but I, I just don't think that with Wolf on the team, the Ravens will have to go into the draft feeling like, who we got to get somebody early. We got to get, no, if, you, no. if, you, if you didn't have an option there, I feel like that might've been something they wanted to consider that let's get into a question here. Cause that actually um, kind of gets into this question. Uh, this is from Aaron Smith. Uh, as always, the email is lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Hey, Ryan and Garrett, a big time fan here from new Brunswick, Canada with the Brockers deal following through. This is before the wolf move. He asked if the Ravens would go after a guy like Everson Griffin or Shelby Harris, miss Derek Wolf. Come on, Aaron. Uh, but the question <laughs> that he also asks, is could they use a, maybe a third or fourth round pick on a defensive lineman? Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I could see that happening. I, I still think that third, fourth round, I don't see a D lineman in the first. I mean, who knows, but I, I expect that the Ravens will probably look in those middle rounds for a defensive lineman. Yeah. The Ravens are going to draft it. If, if you go back to, uh, what Eric DaCosta said at the combine, he said the Ravens are going to draft a defensive lineman slash pass rusher at some point. So, and they could get an interior guy and an outside guy. So what is it? Nine picks right now. That's how many picks the Ravens have. Correct. Um, So they are going to draft. I would be very surprised if they don't draft a defensive lineman, but I do think it could be late. Like I don't necessarily think because they got, they got Brandon Williams as a third rounder. They got Michael Pierce undrafted. 
Dalen Mack was a fifth rounder last year, and you know we'll see how he develops. Um, but my point is they have had success with some late round guys. Chris Warmly was a third rounder, uh, and he was an okay starter. Brent Urban was a fourth rounder. He was mm-hmm. an average starter. Um, so I think that there could be targets in that third, fourth, fifth, sixth round range. If you get a, a stud the interior defender in the second round, like I would not be shocked, but I do think that the Ravens kind of trust their draft process and have had success finding guys in the mid to late rounds. So when they've had that success, I feel like they maybe go into it and say, all right, this is going to be another Michael Pierce, for example, if find somebody late. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think they have Dale and Mack. I, I don't know that they need another run stuffing nose tackle. You know, I'm not talking uh, about. I'm not talking about straight position. Uh, I'm just talking about the ability to find a later round prospect who ends up being a quality player at that position. I feel like they have a, a higher likelihood in the mid to late rounds than other positions on the team. Than yeah, a wide receiver, for example. I would agree. I would agree with that. We have any other questions here, Garrett? Uh, also, I will say this: He does say, which is is shocking. He says that you're forever the champion on non football drafts. Yeah, that's right. That's the first time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> but about time I get good, some credit. About time I get some credit around here. Did you create a fake Gmail account under Aaron Smith? <laughs> uh, but uh, pull but the Kevin Durant. <laughs> your burner. But that yeah. is a good teaser that we are going to do a draft later this week. Uh, we are kicking around different ideas. I don't know if this was an idea that someone sent to, sent to us or that you came. No, up no, with. I just thought of it. Okay, I just thought it, of it. It's the bunker draft. It's the bunker draft. That's right. The bunker draft, exactly. Yeah. I was, I'm like over here looking at my shelves, trying to figure out what we're gonna put on here. I got black beans, mac and cheese, applesauce, canned tuna. So there's a, that's a little preview. Yeah, things that don't go bad for a while. We yeah, might have exactly. to get some non, you know, the the milk that you can keep out of the fridge for a while. Evaporated milk, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Powdered milk. So anyway, so we will do that later. We will do that later uh, this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, all right. Let's get into that audio question that you were so excited about. Hi, guys. My name is R.S. Toyas. I'm a lifelong Ravens fan. I've been listening to the pod for years. Really love it. And I wanted to thank you guys for doing the daily episodes. You're really helping me get through the workday. Uh, my question is not football related, but I want to get your take on it. I love that as Ravens fans were referred to as the flock, but I have an idea for another name. And you know, putting any questions of appropriateness aside, I just want to get your gut reaction on it. What do you? What would you think of Ravens fans being called the murderer instead, like a murder of crows? Thanks. All right. So, what do you think? Should we rename the flock the murder? <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing. I love that it, you said like if you take all the like connotations out of it, you know, and just. But here's the thing. You can't take that out of the equation. As soon as you start calling yourself the murderer, everybody's head goes to killing somebody. Like, you you can't remove those two things. You can't separate them. So, um, I mean, I I like it on the surface. I just, oh, I don't know if we want to be called, calling ourselves murderers. Yeah. Well, I think that it's it's like, the term, the, the technical term, like that he talked about is a murder of crow. Right. It's kind of like it's, it's the technical term for a, like a herd of elephants. It's a murder right. of ravens. Right, but, I get it. 
I'm just saying, I think that is the technical, that is the technical term, but I'm with you. That is not really the path that anybody wants to go down when you're, when you're naming your fan segment. Like I think there'd be fans. I, first of all, I don't know that most people recognize that's the translation for herd. And even if they did, I don't think fans would really want to be jumping on board with that one. Like, yes, I'm part of the murder. That's not the thing <laughs> that people are proud of or that you want to be part of. Yeah. I, Baltimore has, uh, you know, love Baltimore, but it has some issues also. Yeah. Let's keep that in mind, the context here of the situation. Um, so, yeah. No, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no to that one. But here's, you know, I've always had this idea, and I want this to happen sometime. I would love to release a bunch of Ravens, like, through the tunnel when they come out, right? I've always had this, and then just have them fly around. I'm not talking virtual Ravens. No <laughs> offense to Jay O'Brien, uh, but I'm talking real birds, right? And have them flying all over the place. Now, I get it. You know, it, it's kind of hard to execute. Ravens aren't like super, I don't know. Trained. They're like too smart. They're too, yeah, they're too smart. They have to have high training and all this stuff, right? And then what, how do you, you know, if they don't come back and now you invested all this money in them? So I'm saying we can do a knockoff. Just get a bunch of crows. <laughs> it's close enough. Bunch of crows, release them, fly out. How badass would that be? What about uh, pigeons? I, I mean, I was going to say that, but my idea to like spray paint pigeons black, I don't know that the PETA wouldn't be happy about spray painting animals. I don't think that's going to go Yeah, I don't think spray painting animals is cool. I, but, but, but <laughs> Whoa, my mic just fell. Okay, <laughs> we got it. Um. Well, my question is, after the Ravens come out of the tunnel, so where are, like, are they just now hanging out on the field? Are they landing on fans in the stands? Like, where, what are they, where are they going? Are they, I don't think they're just going to fly well, that's back that's the thing. If you, if you invest in actual Ravens, you have to get them back. If they're crows, who cares? Just let them go. They just fly out of the stadium. Are Ravens way more expensive than crows? I mean, I think so. They're a lot smarter, <laughs> I've right? never, I've never, I've never <laughs> done bird shopping, so I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but... <laughs> We Maybe should ask. Are. We should. These are questions for the Raven Master in England that we should ask. <laughs> yeah, right out the bottom. Those birds don't really fly much. When we were there, they kind of just, you know, walk around. They're not really flying, but also they're very well fed. So I think that's part of the reason they want to stay close. But you're yeah, I, would, I think you'd have to, to worry. Is about, what you're saying is that what you're trying to imply? What's that? You're saying they're too fat to fly? No, no, no I don't just, think they're too fat they to fly. <laughs> I think that they just know where the easy meal is, and they stay you. close to that. It's kind of like you. when you let your dog out and it's, it's like, is the dog going to run away? Like, no, the dog knows where the meal is. So, so he's going <laughs> back. But I, I, I do wonder where they end up in the stands. It's kind of like when we would do the bald eagle, Challenger would fly around, oh, love which Challenger. is incredible. But Challenger, this version of Challenger had to be grounded. So he's not flying these days. He's too old. But it's awesome for any fan that's been in MT Bay Stadium when Challenger flies around. It's awesome. So basically, you just want to take that and multiply it by 10 Ravens and have them fly all over. Oh, it's it. got to be more, more, more than 10, more than 10. I want, I want a whole 100 deep murder. Of <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that happens. All right, let's do one more question here. Uh, this is from Ariana, and she writes, okay, so a couple of questions, but first I want to say a big thank you to Ryan for following her on Twitter the other day. You're very welcome, Ariana. Um, thank you to both of you for doing the daily podcast. You guys are much appreciated. So thank you. There we go. We love the pats on the back. Okay, first, what are your thoughts? What were your first thoughts when the team released Tony Jefferson a few weeks ago? For me, I miss him being a part of the community. He seems like a great guy on and off the field. Yeah, 
I'm going to miss Tony. I, I always like Tony. Um, he is really good in the community. Just a funny guy. Uh, all of his teammates adored him. Um, so I will miss Tony. And I mean, a, a good player on the field as well. So yeah, I'll miss him, but it's a business. He was going to be making too much money and they had already re-signed Chuck Clark to be the starter. So financially, it just didn't make sense to keep Tony uh, any longer. And he's coming off the injury, obviously. Um, so I wish Tony all the best of luck. I think he'll land somewhere eventually, obviously. But, you know, it's, it's especially tough now with COVID that teams aren't going to get a look at Tony. I mean, that mm. really hurts him uh, coming off such a serious injury. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, does he get picked up? late like in training camp right i'm not sure yeah i think that will i think that will obviously depend on his health which teams may not be able to get a good grasp on that until travel bans are lifted and maybe closer to training camp i agree tony is a was a great guy everybody on the business side felt that way everybody on the football side felt that way highly respected and i think that like he's one of those guys that has will maintain a good relationship with the organization forever and I thought that if you haven't listened to the Calais Campbell podcast that we did a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, this story from him underscores just the type of person Tony is, which is when Campbell knew basically for this deal to work, he had to take another, he had to add a year onto his contract because his cap hit was too much for this year. So if that didn't happen, the trade wasn't going to go through. So he starts calling around and getting a feel for the Ravens. What's it like to play there? One of the guys that he knows well from when they were both in Arizona is Tony Jefferson. And uh, Tony Jefferson, who had just been released, gave a, a ringing endorsement for the entire organization. And mm-hmm. a lot of guys might have had sour grapes at that point and said, oh, man, they just cut me. Forget those guys. He didn't do that. He gave a great endorsement of the organization and the way they do business. And that helped Calais Campbell say, okay, that's the place where I want to be, which that says all you need to know about Tony Jefferson right there. Yep, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Uh, class act, that's for yep. sure. And the last question from Arianda is, was that jar of peanut butter worth it that you took from the cafeteria? Or, and what are your plans when you finally run out? You're probably out by uh, now. I'm still not out. because How big the, of a jar did you take? It, no, no. Here, it's, not, it's not singular. There are multiple, <laughs> multiple cups. stashes going on. Cops, though. And they're not in a jar. Exactly. They're like a small... Like, 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 you know, like if you, like get, if you get wings, packet. yeah, exactly. Right. For your if you ranch. get wings and you get the side of ranch on there. Yeah. And I would say like a bigger version of yeah. that, you know, sometimes you get those restaurants that skimp on the ranch a little bit and you're like, <laughs> come on, man, come on, <laughs> come on. You know, um, this is a big one of those. And I would earmuff stick cast on this one. <laughs> I would probably say I had smuggled eight of those bad boys home. <laughs> Here's the thing. Once I saw the writing was on the wall and we were going to be out of the building, I was like, I'm getting my hands on as much peanut butter as I can. So I would go down. I'd have an English muffin for breakfast, peanut butter, jelly on there, eat it, then take a cup of peanut butter back to my desk. The same for lunch. Take another one back. <laughs> or not, not at lunch. I do it at snack When time. we get back to the building and the peanut butters are lock and key, we're going to know that you <laughs> are the reason for that. They're probably listening to this podcast and say, you know what? No more free peanut butter. No matter what, whenever we get back in the building, the free peanut butter days are gone. Thanks a lot. Or is, or is just going to have my face with a circle, red circle and slash through it. It could be a singular band. Like the old phrase of this is why we can't have nice things applies here. You've got to ruin <laughs> it for the group. 
Well, what I'm really upset about, and, dis- and quite frankly, just disappointed in myself, is why I wasn't smuggling home the fresh squeezed orange juice. <laughs> I should have had a couple gallons. Yeah, but that probably goes bad fairly quickly, right? Well, I, I could have I just been chugging nothing but orange juice <laughs> the first couple weeks. You're getting that vitamin C. Uh, and I'll give you credit for at least reminding me to take empty my snack drawer, which mm-hmm. that was about a 10-minute process to get all the snacks <laughs> into yeah, my backpack. You had to go my get a U-Haul. My backpack was heavy when I left that last day. Yeah. Hey, guys, can you help me bring the boxes to my car? I got a bunch of cliff bars in here. <laughs> I need a few hands to clear out the snack drawer. What's funny is I haven't even, like, I don't know. You got to – I feel like just eating a cliff bar when you're at home, I don't know. It just I, I haven't even touched them. I haven't touched them. The peanut butter is a different story. I've been slowly chipping <laughs> away at that. Yeah. Well, if you guys got more questions about the snack drawer and the peanut butter or anything else like that, then email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And like I said earlier, we're going to do the bunker draft later this week. And that'll Does be a peanut fun- butter going there. That, I think peanut butter definitely goes on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's got normal be peanut butter. Not the, not the, no, not our special stuff. Not, no, my not the fancy stuff. stuff. It, yeah. That's, the fa- that's it's just so fan- listeners know the peanut butter is, is like, it's fresh. You, the peanuts, the actual huge thing of peanuts is sitting at the top and it grinds them down into the peanut right. butter. Right. No preserves. Awesome. This is just peanuts. Yeah. Authentic. In butter form. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah. Why don't people email us with any suggestions that they think of foods that should be on the list too? Yeah. That sounds great. All right. So the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Anyway, We'll be back. We're working on the guests. Uh, we're Mel Kuyper is going to happen. <laughs> Mel Kuyper is going to happen. I'm telling you. All right. So we're working on that, and hopefully we can get Derek Wolf on once uh, that reported deal becomes official. So make sure you tune in right here, and everybody stay safe, stay home. I don't know if did you see what Governor Hogan just put out today, Garrett. Yeah. So stay, stay home. home. I, Which doesn't I'm really. Sure that, I mean, that doesn't really change much for me. I've been. I haven't gone out, so. I think most most people probably feel that way, but stay, continue to do that. Yeah, literally, I've gotten in my car once in the past two and a half weeks. Wow, Impressive. I had to go. I had to go mail some documents off at the FedEx store, but I went in there full face mask, gloves. Everybody, all two other people in the store, definitely thought I had coronavirus. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, stay safe, stay inside, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.